Good morning. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Christ Center Church, where Christ is our central focus. We're so excited that you decided to join us for our worship service here this morning. We pray that you will have an amazing and unforgettable experience with us today. We know that you were already greeted by one of our greeters before entering our sanctuary, and we know that you were greeted with a smile by one of our ushers before you took your seat. But if you so happen to have any questions about our service today or any information about our church, feel free to see one of our ushers or come back out to our foyer area with our greeters. And we'll give you the information that you're looking for. Any questions that you have, we'll be able to answer that. We're here to serve you, and we pray that you will have a great experience with us today. Just to get rolling with a couple quick announcements with what's going on in the month of November. Uh, we just want to remind you that every Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., we have our morning connections. Uh, that happens on Zoom where we have an hour of prayer, whether you want to join for 10 minutes or 30 minutes or the whole hour. Feel free to join us on Zoom. If you don't have that link, feel free to see one of our greeters. Uh, feel free to see one of our ushers or one of our members from our audiovisual team. We'll be happy to share the link with you for you and your family to join us for our morning connections. On Wednesdays from 12.30 p.m. to 1.30 p.m., the doors of our church are open. It is open to the community, so your co-workers are invited, your neighbors are invited, but join us for an hour of prayer, and we call that our Wednesday afternoon connections here at Christ Center Church. On Thursdays, transform your life spiritually and physically. Starting at 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., the doors of our church are open once again for an hour of prayer. You can join us at any time. The, uh, the Zoom link is still open for those who aren't able to make it in in-house. But following our hour of prayer from 6.15 a.m. to 6.45 a.m., Brother Razier Johnson leads us in an exercise class. All are welcome to join. If you are new to this congregation or you're just looking to dive deeper into the Word of God, we invite you to join us on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. on Zoom for what we call our Discipleship Series. This is a great place, a great platform for you to ask those questions in an intimate environment uh, as we dive deeper into the Word of God. If you don't have the Zoom link, feel free to see one of our greeters or one of our ushers and they'll be happy to assist you. Sunday School is in session. Join us before our Sunday morning worship service starting at 9 a.m. From ages 2 and up, there's a class for you. Join us this Saturday, November 4th, for our monthly prayer breakfast starting at 8 a.m. here at the church. Following our prayer, feel free to hang back with us in fellowship as we enjoy light refreshments. Calling all the youth, calling all the youth, November 17th, 7.30 p.m., we're having another youth event. Chat and chew, the topic this go around is called identity. Make sure to come out, invite your friends. We hope to see you there. On Saturday, November 25th, from 4.30 p.m. to 7 p.m., we'll be partnering with the Rescue Mission of Trenton Emergency Center and hosting a Rescue Mission Dinner. We'll be serving approximately 200 people. We're asking for volunteers and they must be 18 years or older and volunteers are needed to help prepare and drop off menu items as well as assisting with meal service including setup, serving and cleaning up after the event. 
please see Brother Calvin or Brother Bradley for further details. Young adults, Friday, December 1st at 7.30 p.m. here at the church, we're having an event just for you. Let's have a conversation on healthy boundaries. This is not going to be something that you want to miss, so we invite you. Come out. Invite your friends. There will be light refreshments. We hope to see you there. It's that time of year again, our annual Christmas banquet. Join us on December 22nd at the Princeton Marriott at Forestville. Our banquet this year will be starting at 7 p.m., and the prices for adults 18 and above are $60. Ages 12 to 17 are $35, and ages 5 to 11 are $15. There's no charge for children four and under. Please see Sister Sylvia for payment and any additional questions relating to the Christmas banquet. These are all your announcements for the month of November. Be sure to stay connected with us on Instagram and Facebook for all other updates. God bless. church praise the lord church anybody happy to be in the house of the lord this morning it's another day that we can wake up we have breath in our body can somebody put their hands together and just praise the one and true living god this morning can we stand to our feet and just acknowledge how great god is can we put our hands together come on church anybody is happy to be in the house of the lord anybody happy to be in the house of the lord to wake up and see another day different, but if it wasn't for God who was on our side, he has a plan for each and every one of us. We're here to worship and praise the name of Jesus. We're going to praise his name. Amen. So as we worship and praise the Lord, we pray that you will get involved, get engaged, and worship Jesus with us. Amen. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship Jesus.
is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputed, not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of sin. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with a bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be in the in, be to the wicked. But he that trusted in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. We have this opportunity to come into the house of the Lord to give him honor and glory. Let's act like it. We're not talking about the President of the United States, which we acknowledge, by the way. We're talking about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who gives us breath to breathe so we can even walk into his house and give him glory. Let us act like we are in the presence of the Almighty God. Amen? We, I want to take the time to just welcome everyone this morning to Christ in the church. Those who've been here, those this is your first, second, third time, we welcome you. Those that are online, thank you for watching. Amen. And at this time, we're going to pray. And I want, as we pray, let's keep these names in prayer. My son Josiah, he had a, he had a surgery on Wednesday, so keep praying for him to have a speedy recovery. Brother Kellerman, Pastor and Sister Lewis, Sister Wyatt. Jordan, and of course our pastor. And if anyone else who has a prayer request, just do so by indicating the raising of your hands. Those that are online, please go ahead and just put it in, and we'll just join in collectively and pray. Amen. Let us just lift our voices and pray to the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you, O oh God, for being our Heavenly Father. God, we look to you, Lord Jesus, every single day, every moment of every day, Lord Jesus. We look to you because, God, 
We cannot live or breathe without you, Almighty God. We come before you humbly this morning, Lord Jesus. We acknowledge, Almighty God, that you are the one true and living God. And Lord, we want to take the time out this morning to acknowledge your sovereignty. We want to take the time out to let you know how much we appreciate you. Almighty God, you are, Almighty God, the lion of the tribe of Judah. You fight war for us daily, Almighty God. And we want to thank you this morning, Lord Jesus. Oh God, our righteousness is as filthy rags before you. So God, first we ask you, will you cleanse us, holy, oh God? Will you wash us clean? Will you purge us, oh God, with your hyssop, that our prayers will not be hindered, oh God? I pray today that you would allow your spirit, that you would allow your Shekinah glory, oh God, to descend in our midst and fill, almighty God, every empty space, Lord Jesus. I pray, oh God, that you will touch every single person and those that are on their way, Lord God. Give them a spirit of unity that as they walk in, they will tap into what is already started in this place, God. I pray, oh God, your hands will rest upon every single person for those that need prayer. For Josiah, for speed and recovery. Brother Kellyman, touch his body. Pastor Sister Lewis, Sister Wyatt, oh God, Jordan, oh God, and for those that are sick that are not able to name their requests right now. But God, you see high, you look, look low, and you know every need of every single person that is in this place. I pray, Almighty God, allow your anointing to rest upon us, oh God. Let us not be the same as we walk in here, that we will leave the same way. I pray, oh God, for your manservant, that God, you will anoint him. That God, you give him the boldness that he needs to deliver your word. And that, oh God, you'll touch the heart of every single person that will hear your word. That it will not fall on bad ground, but that it will fall on good ground. That God, they will hear and, oh God, will be receptive and will do according to your word. Have your way right now, Lord. We submit the rest of this service into your hands. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Come on, let's continue to worship him in the room this morning. The presence of the Lord is here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. Sing this morning. Sing Jesus' sad. Jesus' sad. 
worship him in the room this morning? Can we just lift our hands and just worship him? Come on, say, Jesus, be the center of
we say just worship Him in the praise. Worship Him in the room. It's all about you, Jesus. It's been about you, Jesus. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Not what I came in with. Not what's going on in my life. It doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. He's the only thing that matters. It's all about Him. It's all about Him. Say from my heart. Say from my heart to the heavens. Jesus, Jesus. It's all about You. It's all about You. Yes, it's all about my heart. From my heart to the heavens. Jesus, Jesus. It's all about You. Heart. From my heart to the heaven. Don't just sing it. Come on. It's all about you. From my heart to the Sing Jesus. It's all about you. From my from my heart to the heavens, Jesus, Jesus, be the it's all about you.
put your hands together in the place and just give the Lord a great round of applause. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Jesus. Just look to your neighbor and just say, it's good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. If they didn't greet you back, you're looking at the wrong neighbor. Look to somebody else and just say, it's good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Welcome to Christ Center Church, where Christ is our central focus. The presence of the Lord is here, and there's freedom and liberty in the house of the Lord. Amen. We welcome you here. If you're in the house, we welcome our online congregation as well. We pray that at home or wherever you're watching, that you're experiencing the same presence of the Lord that we feel here in this place. Um, if this is your first time here, or your second time here, or even your third time here, can we just get you to stand up really quick and just wave your hand and just acknowledge, hallelujah, we have someone that is here. Can we just put our hands together? Make sure we love up on her before she leaves out today. Let her know that she is loved. Hallelujah. It is my job to uh, help walk through the offering this morning. Is there anybody ready to give this morning? That was a little light. If I if I rephrased it and said, if there's anybody ready to be blessed this morning, I'm sure I would have gotten more claps. Is there anybody that's ready to be blessed this morning? Amen. If I could just read this scripture in the book of Malachi, chapter 3, starting at verse 8, it says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field says the Lord of hosts and all nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land says the Lord of hosts can somebody just say amen in the room we've been commanded to give our tithes but God is not just going to allow us to give and we don't receive anything back. The more you give, the more you will receive. If you give grudgingly, if you give stingily, God is going to, he's going to bless you, but it's going to be out of that same token that you gave in. We reap what we sow. Amen. We're here. We're giving to the kingdom of God. I'm going to invite everybody to stand one more time. The ushers have already placed the baskets at the front. You can give a traditional way if you have cash, checks, you want to place them in the offering basket, the ushers will lead you. We also have a couple kiosks in the back if you want to give virtually. Sister Crystal is waving her hand in the back if you want to give by PayPal, Cash App, by debit or credit card. 
she can assist you back there. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, O God, for already being here and the presence that we feel in this place. We pray that as we continue to go through our service, that your glory will fall, that we will continue to experience you like never before. As we come to this portion of our service with giving you our offerings, our tithes and our offerings, we pray that you will bless us, O God. Bless the hands that are giving. Bless those that may not be able to give. Touch those online that are faithful and are, are giving. I pray, O God, that you will reap. You, you, you will allow us, O God, to see the blessings that you have in store for us because of our faithfulness, because of our willingness to give. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Can everybody say amen? Amen. Turning it over to our musicians, please worship with them.
want to put their hands together and just worship them in the place. Hallelujah, King of Glory, fill this place. Can we stand to our feet one more time before the word of God comes forth? I'm just going to help enter in the presence of the Lord. It's already
Come on, if you love the Lord, clap your hands. Lift your voice and tell him you love him. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we appreciate you. Jesus, we adore you. You are our everything. We're grateful and we're thankful, Lord, to be gathered together in your name. The name that's above every name. For there's power in your name. There's deliverance in your name. There's joy in your name. There's peace in your name. We're grateful, oh great God, to be gathered together in your name. We have just come together, Lord, just to be together. But we're here for a special purpose, and that is to worship you. That is, Almighty God, to have sweet communion with you. That is to tell you how much we appreciate you, how much we adore you, how much we love you, how much we thank you. We know you're here with us even now. We know you're working in the midst of us even now. And we are thankful that your presence is still in the earth, that your presence is still working and moving in the midst of your people. Oh, God, we're grateful. We're thankful. And we bless. We bless your holy name. Somebody ought to thank God this morning. He woke you up. He started you on your way. We're not here just by accident. We didn't make ourselves to stay alive. We didn't give ourselves the health and the strength we need to be here today. It was only by the grace of God. It was only by the mercy of God that we were able to wake up today. That we were able to make our way in to the house of the Lord. And we are thankful. And we are grateful. Oh God, there is none like you. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Do you know how faithful he is? Even when we're not faithful, he's still faithful. Because his faithfulness is not predicated on our faithfulness. His faithfulness is just because that's who he is. It's just because that's his attribute. He's faithful even when we're not faithful. What a God we serve. Jesus, we're so grateful. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I need somebody to go with me to seek the face of God, to seek the heart of God. Oh, to let him know how much we are grateful, how much we're thankful to hear his voice today, to receive his instructions today, to be in his presence that we can commune with him today. Oh, you came out this morning. Let it be worth your while today. Just don't be religious. Just don't be traditional. But show up today and say, God, I know you're real. I know you're working. I know you're moving. And I want to be a part of what you're doing. Oh, I feel his presence. Oh, I feel his presence. I'm thankful for his presence. I'm thankful for the presence of the Lord. If you will just forget about everything else right now and just look to the heavens and just close your eyes and say, God, I look to you this morning. You will feel his presence. You will sense his 
presence. You will feel His touch. You will hear His voice. You will know that God is here for you this morning. That's all right. That's what we're here for. If you would just worship Him, we don't have any formality here. Just go ahead and let out your voice and worship Him however you know how to worship Him, however you know how to bless Him, however you know how to call on Him. Just go ahead and do what you know how to do to get the attention of the Lord. He is here this morning. He wants to do something in you and through you. Will you just let Him have His way? Will you just yield yourself to Him? Will you just let Him have His way?
presence of the Lord is here. What you feel is the presence of the Lord. Some have yielded to the presence of the Lord. Some are still trying to understand the presence of the Lord. But I'm here to assure you what is transpiring here is the presence of the Lord is moving upon us. And God doesn't force himself on anyone. It's only those who would say, Jesus, here I am, Lord, I worship you. Jesus, here I am. Why don't you fill my heart? Jesus, here I am. I just want you to know I thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. As we prepare to go with a new year, church, we have to go a little deeper in Christ. We have to become more connected to Christ. This is not a religious thing. This is not just a good tradition. But this is real. Jesus is real. His words are true. It is He that made us and not we ourselves. There's a day coming. There's a day coming when Jesus says He's coming back for His church. There's a day coming when Jesus will come back for His church. Get in the church. Be the church. And prepare for the return of the head of the church. So grateful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I got to say to Brother Ethan and my son Jordan, man, what you all have given to the kingdom of God, and continues to give to the kingdom of God. I'm grateful. And I thank you both. I know many others give. And so I'm not saying this in regards to what everybody else gives. But Brother Ethan and my son Jordan, they are just always going. And I'm mentioning them this morning because I Jordan doesn't feel well because he left early this morning. Him and Ethan left early yesterday morning. And they were gone doing God's business. They didn't come back till late last night. Jordan didn't feel well this morning. He masked up and played. Ethan, you heard his voice was slipping because they just gave everything to the Lord yesterday. But they still showed up here this morning to say, I want to give to the Lord. I want to give to the Lord. I want to give to the Lord. And I have to mention that. I have to mention that because I am just so proud of them as young men that's just giving it all to the Lord. Thank you, Brother Ethan. Thank you, Brother Jordan. We appreciate you all in this church. I want to also thank this congregation. You may be seated. I want to thank this congregation for your kindness and your generosity that you showed my wife and I last Sunday for pastor's appreciation, all the gifts 
all the loves, all the hugs, all the thank yous. We're so thankful. We are grateful to be a part of this family and what God is doing in this family. Thank you so very much. You all are just stellar, fantastic people. Tomorrow, November the 6th at 7 p.m., we will host our first virtual membership and ministry orientation. For those of you that consider yourself a member of this church, especially those of us that are in ministry, we've never done this before, and we need for you to join us tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. We are hosting our very first virtual membership and ministry orientation. And this is just to give you an overview of what this church is all about. When you're involved in ministry, what the expectation is and help you to learn about the history of this church and where we're going, the vision, the mission. And so we would like for everyone to join us. If you're a part of this church or you're in ministry, please join us. The, the link for the virtual attendance is our prayer link that we use every morning. However, if you don't have our prayer link, see any one of our ministry leaders and they will get you the link for tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. as we host our virtual membership and ministry orientation. I believe it's significant. I believe it's important. And some of the things that we're establishing in this church is so it will be foundational as this church continues to grow. And if the Lord tarries long after I'm gone and the next pastor and the next pastor that will take over this church, they will have foundational things that this church will have to grow from. Things that will be set in place that you will know where we're going. And so we want all of you to be a part to attend our virtual membership and ministry orientation. I want to give a shout out to our online congregation. They've always been faithful. Uh, we lost one of our most faithful members on our online congregation, uh, Brother Paul Brantley. Still missing today. I thought about him a lot this morning. And I, I just thank God for him and what he meant to us for all the times he was here. But to Brother Joe and Sister Barbara, they have been faithful our online congregation. They are wonderful people, and I appreciate them so very much. And all that joins our, all that are part of our online congregation, and those that even after our services are over and we post the link, they view our services online. We're grateful and we're thankful for all of you. Next Saturday, November the 11th, there will be a men's meeting in Secaucus. It's a district men's meeting. So those of us that are available next Saturday morning, we'd love for you to attend. It's a district men's meeting in Secaucus. 11 a.m. is that meeting, and that meeting usually lasts for a couple hours exactly. Then after that, at 2 p.m., the family church is celebrating their 10th church anniversary. And Brother McFarling is a good, good friend of mine. Um, he's always supported us. He's always here whenever he can. And so we want to go and support the family church next Saturday at 2 p.m. as they celebrate their 10th anniversary. 
some extra incentive to go is Brother, uh, I should say Bishop Clifford Readout will be the speaker, and I'm sure it will be a great service. I will be there, and I hope some of you can join me uh, for their 10th uh, anniversary, church anniversary service. God has been good to us. If you will stand just for the reading of the scripture, and then we will get right into the word of God. Will you please stand? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of of God. I am going to expound on this entire text, but I'm going to focus on verse number five, which says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I feel like I'm talking to some really smart, intelligent, educated, in the know people. And while that's wonderful and that's excellent and that helps us to live a great life here on this earth, I have to bring this word to our attention. And that is that our faith do not stand in the wisdom of men. And when he says men, ourself is concluded. Remember years ago when God spoke to me about coming to start this church he says are you going to obey man rather than God and it was interesting and I laughed because the man he was talking about was me because I had made up my mind what I think I should be doing and so he said to me clearly are you going to obey man rather than God he didn't even call my name he didn't say Wayne are you going to obey you rather than me. He quoted his word to me. Are you going to obey man rather than God? And that's when I broke down and realized I'm going to have to do what God wants me to do because I was telling God what I think I should do. Because sometimes we get into that place where we think that we know better than God. Or we, we, we get a thought and we begin to say, well, this is what God wants. 
Until we know what God wants, we don't know what God wants. And so it's very important that we don't assume what God wants. It's very important that we don't come up with our own thinking as to what God wants. But we need to confirm what God wants. And so this morning I want to talk to you on this topic. Where does your faith stand? Where does your faith stand? Jesus, you're in this house. Your presence is here. And Lord, we continue to submit under your authority that you may do whatever is good unto us. You're a good God. And Lord, we want your goodness to flow into our life. So we humble ourselves. We don't want to get in your way. We don't want to neglect or block whatever you want to do. So we humble ourselves and say, God, your will be done. Your kingdom come. God, not my will, but your will be done. We ask you these things in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Where does your faith stand? Question. In the book of Acts... Somewhere in chapter 17 and 18, we have the account of Paul's entry into Corinth, where after a year and a half of ministering, he raised up and left a church, a church that was gifted. The Bible says they came behind in no gift. And so Corinth was a church established there, and, and they had a lot of gifting. They were gifted people. Corinth was a brilliant but godless city where they gloried in human ability and in human attainment, where various arts was a big deal and where they deified human lust and knew nothing of the true and living God. Where, where sin was just rampant. That's what was going on in Corinth. But I read my Bible. And it tells me. Church listen to this carefully. Our Bible tells us that where sin abound. Grace abound much more. And why am I telling you that? Because sometimes we think that things are so bad. That we need to just stay away. Things are so corrupt. Things are so defiled. They're so wrong that we just got to leave them alone. And we forget that we were once defiled. We were once corrupted. We were once messed up. But God didn't leave us alone. And so why do we feel like we need to back up from people that are just a mess right now that don't know who Christ is? Where grace, where sin abound. Grace abound much more. And so Paul was in that very city where they deified human ability and, you know, special arts was a big thing to them. And they had brilliant gifts and talents. But Paul knew they didn't have Christ and they needed Christ. He had been a few days before, this is Paul we're talking about, in Athens. Where had, where had he gone by invitation where philosophers and intelligentsia gathered to hear to tell some new things. 
This is why Paul was there at the place to declare the message of the gospel. Because Paul knew that people were gathered together here in Athens. You ever go to Greece, you'll see, man, these people had to be smart, philosophers, intelligent. But they would have places where they would gather to exchange ideas, to talk about their gifts and what they can do and their talent. And so this is where Paul says, I got to get there. And Paul was there. However, as Paul was there and began to speak, he wasn't speaking like they were. They were orators. They were so sharp and skilled with the words that they used. They were eloquent. And they were just speaking from an eloquent position. And here come this man of God that came on the scene and he began to speak. And he's not speaking with eloquence. And he's not speaking from that place where they were speaking from. He came speaking direct and just normal words. This is why he said to them that I didn't come here with this eloquent speech. Oh, no, no, no. That's not how I came. And so he began to speak to them about Jesus. And before he can really get into the meat of it, they stopped him. They interrupted him. As soon as he spoke of a savior who died and was risen again, they refused to go any further because that doesn't seem intelligent. And so here we are reading these writings of Paul that he was trying to get across the, the, the gospel message to the folks that were there listening. They listened to everything else. They were listening to all the scholars and all the eloquent people speak. They were listening to all of the ideas of that time. And as Paul began to speak, they listened until he said something that sounded erroneous. And they were like, nah, you're a little crazy dude. And they didn't want to hear that. This is why. It's written in 1 Corinthians because 1 Corinthians 1 and even going into 2 is kind of telling us the same message where in 18 it says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. And I'm afraid that even in the church today, there's still people who are quote-unquote saved that the preaching of the cross is foolishness to you. Doesn't make sense to you. There are times when us Christians neglect to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ to others because we think they will be dismissive or refuse to listen and receive it. And I'm here to tell you, we ought to not do that anymore. We cannot take a position 
in this area anymore of being the intelligentsia, of being the eloquent people, of being the people that knows how to pronounce the words just right and know the meaning to all these other kind of words that we don't use in our everyday language. We can't get into that anymore. We need to speak the truth in the power of the word of God. We need to communicate God's word without fear. We need to communicate God's word without giving uh, any consideration as to, well, what would they think? We're going to seem like we, we, we're not sharp. We're going to seem like we're not intelligent. We're going to seem like we're talking crazy. And I believe many of us Christians have missed out on being a witness for Christ because we were concerned about how we would sound with the things that we would share in the word of God. Because that, that, that just doesn't make good sense. Mm-hmm. But I'm here to tell you. Did God tell you his word need to make sense? This is not a... This, this, God created us, church. We are forgetting that it's he that made us and not we ourselves. We're forgetting that he's the all-knowing one and we don't need to try to impress nobody about who he is. We only need to just tell them who he is. We can't worry about them. We can't worry about them. There are times that... We, we, we just miss out on opportunity to share Jesus with people because we know if we tell them what the word says, it doesn't sound real intelligent. Mm-hmm. Many people think faith is simply intellectual belief produced by pure reasoning leading us to act accordingly. They think that religious faith is produced exactly as a proof in mathematics or logic. Or in a courtroom, we deal with faith according to our intellect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We believe faith rests upon the evidence of facts. We believe faith is something that we can reason our understanding about assumptions drawn from our understanding and certain conclusions reached because we think faith has to be a thing we can understand and intellectually process. Faith does not stand in our reasonings. Faith is not something we can intellectually articulate and say, yeah, here it is. And this is why it's important that we just speak the word of God and not worry about how people will reason, how they will articulate it, how they will process it. Because there's no way to process faith when you are not spiritual. Faith has nothing to do with our senses or what we can't or can prove. Some of us don't respond because we have, we have never seen something. Well, you might as well stop living for God because the truth of the matter is you have never seen God in person. These are some of the things that we don't realize that we're doing. We're looking for proof. We're looking for proof to say, look at this. This is why it's faith. And the, the bottom line is, if you're looking for that, you've already lost because you have never seen God. And that's what some people will say to you when you tell them about faith. Well, how are you going to believe in something you ain't never seen? 
We like to say, prove it. And I shall believe it. Because we know things by different kinds of proof. If I put my finger to the fire, it proves that the fire burns. If I'm hungry, I crave food. Uh huh. If I have a fever, I feel discomfort and pain. If I hear music, it delights me. If I eat a tasty dessert, I am gratified. This is what's called proof of senses, but that has nothing to do with faith. You can prove things according to senses. But don't you start to get in the thing about, well, I need to be able to prove that, to believe that. (laughs) And so we allow this sort of behavior to affect how we process, how we understand faith. But faith is not about you, what you can prove, or what you don't understand, or what you understand, or what you can process. That's not faith. When God speaks spiritual things to us, he does not appeal to our physical senses. He doesn't appeal to your sight or to your touch or to your hearing. He does not appeal to your intellectual reasoning. He appeals directly to your spiritual sensitivities. Can he use natural things to teach us spiritual things, spiritual principles? Yes. But ultimately, he wants spiritual things like faith to appeal to our spiritual senses. And so here is what that means. Our spiritual senses only comes by the Holy Spirit. So in case you wonder, what spiritual senses are you talking about, preacher? Yeah, we, 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 we don't have spiritual senses. And not until the Spirit of God indwells us that we now have spiritual senses. We have the, the spiritual, we have the power of the spirit dwelling in us so we can identify with spiritual things. Spiritual things identify with spiritual things. You can't be carnal or you can't be natural and understand spiritual things. Spiritual, determine spiritual. Carnal, determine carnal. So many of us want to be spiritual and be carnal at the same time. Can't happen. You're either spiritual or you're carnal or you're natural, whichever way you want to look at it. But you can't be both. You want to be spiritual, the first place we start is you got to be filled with the Spirit. If you're in this place today and, and, and you're not filled with the Spirit, you're not spiritual. The good news is, but you can be spiritual before you leave here. You don't have to stay and remain the same way you are. You can be spiritual if you want to be spiritual. And I'm going to teach you how to be spiritual. Because the bottom line is, our faith has held us back in so many instances in this life. Paul said to the Corinthians, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Many people are confused, frustrated, And even lost because they needed proof of what God was doing. God, you got got to show me. 
Why does he have to show you? Can we understand this? God is omniscient. That means he knows everything. Let me help you out a little bit. If you've been around children, did you explain everything to them that they asked you? Thank you, IJ. Thank you, IJ. See, he's a kid and he knows. Thank you, IJ. Because, because they won't understand everything you explain to them. And I'm sure that's what his mommy told him. IJ, if I tell you, you wouldn't understand. So the thing is, we are still God's children. And there are some things that we tell us we just won't understand. Stop thinking you got to get proof. Stop thinking God got to make it understandable to you because you are not capable of understanding God until you step into a different realm of spirituality. Hmm. Can I give you an example? I'm going to close soon. But here's an example of what I'm saying to you about proof and understanding and faith. Judges chapter 2, chapter 7. Watch Judges chapter 7, verse number 2. Y'all with me? Yes. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel vote themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand had saved me. Can you imagine this? Let me give you a little backdrop. They're getting ready to go in war, and they had 32,000 men that was going to go to war with them. And God says, "Mm -mm, too many. Who wants to get into a fight with some other people and, and, and don't have more than they have? You get into any fight, you want to make sure, I got more than enough. I got enough backup. And God said to Gideon, those 32,000 people that's with you? Mm-mm, 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 too many, too many, too many, too many. So already now, Sister Crystal, his ways are not our ways. So already, God is saying, no, nah, I can't, I, I'm not working with all that. I'm not, I'm not working with all that. Does that make sense? So why do we insist on explanation all the time? Because that don't make sense. If I got 32,000 people with me ready to fight, why would the Lord tell me, no, 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 you got to, some of them got to go. What do you mean, Lord? 32,000, I'm strong. And you telling me that's too many? So understand just from that standpoint today, you won't understand everything about faith. You won't understand everything about God. But it's not, the key is not to understand it. The key is to obey it. God tested Gideon's faith by sifting his army of 32,000 volunteers until only 300 men were left from 32,000 to 3,000. God did the test. If you want, you can read the story. God did the test to get them down from 32,000 to 300 men. If Gideon's faith had been in the size of his army, or according to his reasoning, then his faith would have not been enough for God to work his great plan through Gideon. 
Watch this. Less than 1% of the original 32,000 ended up following Gideon to the battlefield. Less than 1%. And when I read that, it moved me. And I have to ask myself and ask you, is it like that in this church? That less than 1% of us are having faith that God can use us to do great things in this earth. Are you less than 1%? Are you in the less than 1%? Because when God gives us anything, be sure that there's a reason why he gave it to us. And so you got to ask yourself these things. When you read God's word and something come across, it can be challenging. you got to ask yourself, God, are you trying to say something to us? If if Gideon had 32,000 men and you had to sift them down to 300, which is less than 1%, Lord, what is that all about? Is that normally the number wherever your people are, that less than 1% of the people will have faith for you to use them to do great things? That's the question between you and the Lord. (laughs) The words... Of Winston Churchill concerning the RAF in World War II certainly applies to Gideon's 300. What do you mean by that, preacher? The quote was, never in the field of human conflict was so much owed to so few by so many. Never in the field of human conflict was so much owed to so few by so many. And so what it was saying is Gideon 300 men won the battle, won the war. And so the whole Israel was indebted to these 300 men that had faith where God can use them. Watch this. Because this is a very important point that I probably will finish up this message on. God told Gideon why he was decreasing the size of the army. Oof. This is the thing that's probably, that overtook me this morning as I'm worshiping the Lord and praise the Lord. You know, God give you a word, you put it together, you study, you know, you feel like you're ready, and then God have the right to do whatever he wants to do after that. And, and, and he brought my focus to what I'm getting ready to share with you this morning. He brought my focus to this. The reason why God was decreasing the size of Gideon's army is this. He did not want the soldiers to boast that they had won the victory over the Midianites because of what they did. Church, God is wanting us to realize That he wants to do the heavy lifting among us. He wants the world to know who our God is. And so often we're getting in his way and making it seem like it's because of how good we are. It's because of how smart we are. It's because we are well studied or well read or well experienced. And that's why we're accomplishing the things that we're accomplishing. And God wants that to be changed so people can see it's not because we're well read. It's not because we're intelligent. It's not 
not because we work hard. It's not because we have money. It's not because we're educated. But it's because the almighty God who is great and all-powerful and all-knowing and all-present. It's because he is working in our midst and on our behalf. That's why we're experiencing what we're experiencing. And so, for some of us that know the Bible, we understand this. The Bible says, God don't share his glory with anyone. Oh, hallelujah. Help me this morning, Lord. And the problem is, when we start doing our own thing, we're taking the glory from God. I know we probably didn't intend to do it, but the bottom line is, when we do our own thing and don't do what God says, we're taking the glory from God. Why is that, why is that significant, preacher? Why, 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 why is this glory thing significant to God? Why he's saying, don't take my glory? You want me to tell you why? Because you're not the only one he's trying to save. You're not the only one God wants to save. And unfortunately, so many Christians, once you get saved, it's all about you. You get saved and it's all about you now. Thank God I'm saved, sanctified, and Holy Ghost filled with Jesus on my, no, no, fire baptized and Jesus on my side. And now we arrogant. And now we walking around like we got it all together and we ain't thinking about nobody else. You've taken God's glory. And God says, I don't share my glory with anyone. And when we go around acting like we are the only ones that should be saved, we're the only ones that he's saving. When we go around acting like that, we're taking God's glory and God will not be happy about that. He cut down the army of 32,000 down to 300. Just so they would know it was him that gave the victory. Not because they were good soldiers. Not because they knew how to handle the weapons. It wasn't because of that. It was because their God fought for them. It was because their God was strong and he, he protected them. That's why they won the battle. Not because they were great. And so God placed this in my mind. This morning, to share this with you. You ready for this? Our faith. Give glory to God. When God told Gideon, tell his soldiers to go through the different challenges he gave them until they come down to 300. Now, they were going into war with 300 soldiers. I'm sure the, the army that they were going against had way more than that. They went in faith. The other army went in their own power. They went in faith. The other army went with all their great weapons. They went in faith. The other army went because they were well strategized. I got you covered. And so when Gideon and his army won, 
it gave glory to God. And so we can tell from that story till today that when we respond, when we act in faith, it gives glory to God because faith means that God is the one doing it and not us. Faith means God is the one that's just making this all go and it's not us. But when we start doing our own thing, then we rob God's glory and we make it about us and we don't see the glory of God. Because when you do things your way, you get the glory. When you work it out because you're so smart, and you're smart. When you work it out because you're so intelligent, and you are. When you work it out because you're well-read, and you've got a lot of experience, you get the glory, not God. Not God. So what I really want to say to you this morning is, we haven't seen the glory of God because we've been living in our own glory. God is so good. Let me show you. You know we can say God is good in so many ways. Let me show you something. What I'm saying to you, I didn't know how today's service was going to go. But you felt the presence of God today. Why? Why you felt the presence? Because we was giving him the glory. Nobody, when as the spirit of God was here, who was trying to say, look at me? Who was trying to say, I got this? Nobody. Everybody was worshiping, praying, crying, running, walking. God got the glory. When God is being given the glory, his glory moves among us. But as long as we are getting the glory, there is no glory from God that will move among us. Because God will not share his glory with anyone. So as long as we say, look at me, no God. But when we say, look at God, God moves. We're going somewhere, church. We are going to go somewhere because God is calling us to go someplace. But we will not get there if we block the glory of God. We need people to see God's glory. And the way they see it is how we... Or respond to God, which must be by faith. There's a scripture in the Bible that says this, heavy scripture. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Why is that in the Bible, God? Why would you put that in the Bible? Man, God, that's too much. But guess what he says? Walk by faith. The just shall live by faith. So, so what he's saying essentially is, if you're living like I tell you, you're not living in sin. But as long as you operate outside of faith, you're living in sin. I don't know about you. I don't, I don't really like that. I think that's really hard. Because that's telling me every moment of my life, every awakening moment, I need to be operating in faith. And if I'm not, I'm not in the right place with God because I am on my own doing my own thing and God is not getting any glory from me. But it's possible because he said the just 
shall live by faith. So, so as much as it's, it's a hard saying according to the word, guess what? We can live by faith. We can walk by faith. And we will do it. We will walk by faith. We will live by faith. Faith gives glory to God, but man's way gives glory to himself. Here's something, and I'm getting there to close up here. If you can explain what's going on in your life, in your ministry, in your church, maybe God ain't doing it. If you got the explanation to what's going on, as opposed to just saying, listen, man, I can't explain all this. I just know God is doing some great things. The other day, I was stressed out over some tax situation about the church, and I got so frustrated because I felt like the township was being unreasonable. And that word unreasonable is key. I didn't think that, I, I know we, because we, 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 because we are landlords and there's tenants, we have to pay some kind of taxes. But they were trying to get us to pay the entire thing for 2023. I'm like, no, no status change in 2023 as it won't be in 2024. Why are you asking us to pay the entire thing? We should only be paying half of it because we have tenants. And I went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with the township. And trust me, the township people that I've dealt with have been top-notch. They've been good people. The mayor, he returned the calls. I was talking to everybody, sending emails to everybody. Everybody was nice, but I had some people that just saying, nothing I can do. And I got frustrated. And I think I I I banged my hand like this and said, God, what do we need to do? This is too much. And then Friday morning. Township called me, Reverend Wyatt, this is Kathy. I said, hi, Kathy. And then I started smiling. I was all frustrated up until that point. And I heard Kathy, once she said township, I, said, I just wanted to just high five the Lord. Because she didn't have to tell me nothing else. I just know I went to the Lord in frustration. God, why? I, don't, I, I told the Lord a long time ago that when we purchase our pro- this property, I don't want us to have financial situations and challenges. I want us to freely have the, 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 the finances that we need to do ministry. Not be bound up talking about, you know, taking three and four offerings. That will never happen no matter what. But I'm just saying and so I'm like, Lord, you got to do something here. And sure enough, he, he didn't wait. Township call. And I think that he was waiting because he knew what to do. He was waiting because he knew there's an election coming Tuesday. Don't mess with God. Don't mess with God. He might not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. So while you're getting frustrated, while you think it's not working out, I'm here to tell you, God is an on-time God. If you will operate in faith, he's an on-time God. He's an on-time God. He just wants us to respond, to act in faith, and nothing else. Now, here's the secret to faith. 
And here's where we're dropping the ball a lot. We say we have faith, but we don't act like we have faith. God has shown us, and I'm going to bring it to your attention. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of bringing it to your attention, but I'll do it one more time, and I'll show it to you the second time. Because these are the things that I have to use. I don't have anything else to use. So here it goes. The first demonstration we see of faith, you've, you all have had situations in your life that I'm sure you saw some kind of response according to your faith. But as a church together, our first response was we, was, we said we were going to buy this property and we didn't have the money. Now, we could have sat back, Brother Tim, and says, I got faith, God's going to do it. I got faith, God's going to do it. We would have never been here. But when we say we're going to have that building, what did we do? Start a stewardship campaign. Even when the money didn't look good, we said we're going to keep going. What else did we do? We walk around the building and pray. What else did we do? We did everything we could in our own power. We're going to have that building. Do we have the building? Because we didn't just sit back and say it. This is where I'm trying to get us to respond, church. We didn't just sit back and kept declaring something. We said it, then we started doing what it took to see it. The same tax situation. I was telling the leaders this morning, I said, I didn't tell anybody. I said, that wasn't right on my part, so don't think I'm saying this is good. I was supposed to share it with the leadership especially with the trustee board. And I didn't do it because my, my, my flaw in my personality is when I'm going through, I don't try to bring nobody else with me. That's my personality. I don't know what yours is. But I will go through a lot of things and I, would, I, wouldn't, I won't bring anybody else with me. When I deal with you, I'm going to make sure you're good. You won't, unless you know me real good, you won't know. I'm just going to make sure you're good. But all the while when I get my own little quiet time, I'm like, Lord, what's going on here? That's my personality. So I should have shared what was going on with the group, and I did not. So please forgive me for that. And so I said, God, we cannot pay. You ready for this number? $45,000 in taxes. I said, we don't have that kind of money, Lord. You got to do something. But I didn't just say that and did nothing. When I said it, I went down to the township clerk. They gave me a song and a dance. When I said it, I called the mayor. He said he would work something out, but I didn't hear back from him right away. When I said it, I sent the email to the, uh, the tax collector of the township. She responded to me and says, there's nothing we can do. It's settled. I said, God, what's going on here? The final thing I did was I sent an email to the mayor's chief of staff, Kathy. And Kathy called me. So again, here is the track record. When you say you have faith, you have to start doing what you say you want to do. And that's where we're dropping the ball. We say we have faith and then we sit back and want God to act. And God will probably say if he want to talk to you, that's not faith. That's not faith. All you keep doing is sitting around declaring stuff. What is that? What you going to do? Sit there while I do everything? That's not faith. 
And that's how many of his children are living. We declare we have faith and we say what we want, but we don't do anything to lead up to getting it. And God is saying, if you want to see my glory, you're going to have to act in faith. When you declare my word for your life, when you declare my word over your life, you have to start putting the action into it. This is why the Bible says faith without works is dead because you can't just say you have faith and don't back it up with the works because all of us know whatever we believe in, we act on it. Forget about faith right now. Whatever you believe in, your works go behind that. I believe in, I got to get a good degree to become an accountant. What do you do? Do you just keep saying that and chill? Or do you start applying to colleges? Come on now. It's there right in front of us and we're not doing it when it comes down to God. Because we treat God as he is supposed to just do whatever we want him to do and we just sit back. When we don't do that any other place in our life. If we're going to say we have faith, we have to declare God's word and then put the action behind it to see it come to pass. We have to stop doing this to ourselves. This is why many people have walked away from God. Because they felt like they had faith. Because people kept saying faith means to believe God. Just like how you believe God, you will believe the devil. But if faith is that you obey God's word, I have a, I have a definition of faith that I won't give to you today because you're probably just going to say, okay, but God has shown me what was to tell you this morning so you understand it. That faith is declaring God's word and doing what God's word says. That's faith. That's faith. See what God's word says and do what it says. Not just see God's word and say, yeah, I believe and not do it. See what God's word said and do what God's word says and you will see the results God promised you will see. When Gideon, when God told Gideon what to do, Gideon didn't sit back and says, oh God, I don't know if we can do that. And we love to say that. I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, you might not be able to do it, but God can. You might not be able to do it, but God can. So when you start to say, I don't think, oh, you're going wrong already. Already you've gone up the creek without a paddle when you says, I don't think I can. You have to start saying, I know God can. And that's why I'm doing this. I know I might not be able to do that, but I know God can. And that's why I'm doing it. I can't, but God can. What does God say? That's what I'm going to do. I shared with the leadership this morning, as I close here, I told them this morning, I said, you know, something that we overlook and we don't think about. God spoke to me years ago and told me, uh, he used people according to their availability, not according to their ability. He says, when you use people 
He says, if I use people according to their ability, they're going to compare themselves with each other. And then they're going to have excuses as to why you're good and why they're not and why you can and why they can't. So God says, I don't use people according to their ability. I use people according to their availability. He says, because everyone gets 24 hours in a day. Hear me now, church. Everyone gets 24 hours in a day. And we have to decide as individuals what's important, what's valuable, and what we're going to do about it. And when someone decides they're going to do whatever it takes to prepare themselves to be available for God, to be where God wants them to be on time, don't be hating on them. Don't get mad in your mind and says, I could have did better. You weren't available. And that's why God used them. Because remember, God is the giver of ability. God is the giver of talents. God is the giver of gifts. So he doesn't need us to come to the table with talents and gifts. He can give us the talents and the gifts. So God cares more about how available we are to him. So we all want to stand before God at one point in time. And we are not going to be able to say, oh, you know, he was a little bit, you know, he had a little something, something going on. He knew how to do it. And that's why he was always on time. That's why he was always available. And that's the mistake we're making because we live in our own little bubble. Our own little bubble tells us, I've got it bad. Our own little bubble tells us, I got it harder than most people. Our own little bubble tells us, man, you don't understand my experiences experiences growing up was so hard, and that's why I'm in this situation. And we tell ourselves all of these excuses, and that's going to make us lose that on life, eternal life. Because God don't need any of those excuses. Because God says, whether it's a bad upbringing, whether it's a bad financial situation, whether it's hurt, whether it's wounds, whether it's mistreatment, whatever, lack of education, lack of job, I don't care what you got going. You can go to God and he can make it good. The problem is, let's stand as we stand. The problem is, We don't want to follow through. And, you ready for this one? Listen to me. We like to give God what we think we can give God. Listen to me, church. Don't forget this. I'm getting ready to say to you. Jesus gave everything. Please stop thinking you can give him some of you so you can gain all his blessings. That is so erroneous in our thinking, but we don't realize that. Jesus did not hold back anything. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't say because he God Almighty, right? So God Almighty who manifests him, you know what he could have said? Remember when he was on the cross, they said to him, call the angels now to get you down. Could he have done that? He didn't do it. All of what he went through, he could have said, you ain't going to put that sword in my side. I'm not letting you do that. I'll let you do this, but I won't let you do that. While he was in Gethsemane praying, he could have said, uh, I'll do you know, you know, a lot of it, but not all of it. Because, you know, they ain't all faithful to me anyway. He could have did all of that. 
But Matthew, he said, I gave everything. And what we're trying to do is to get everything from God by just giving some of us. We're trying to get him to give all while we give some. And that's another frustrating part of our life in Christendom. That we're hoping to get all of this great blessings flowing in our life. We're hoping to live this great Christian life when we only want to give him some. And not all. When he gave all. What do you want the man to do? Say it's okay that I give all, but it's not okay for you to give all? Is that what we want the Lord to do? Because he cannot do that. So what we're looking for from God to do, remember this. We have to give him all. All means we sung the song this morning. He is at the center and everything revolves around him in your life. Yeah, I know those things are hard. But let me tell you this. Others are doing it. What I'm telling you, given all, living by faith, others are doing it. And the moment you make the mistake in thinking, well, that's them, I'm not able to, you doomed yourself. Because God will not accept that. Because what we got to learn is, when we give all to God, he says, I will make up the difference. Whatever else you are giving up for me, I'll take care of it. Whatever you're losing, what you think you're losing, to live for me, I will take care of the rest. So we won't have any excuse to say why we're not giving all. Why aren't you giving all? Because I'm busy. He says, I can keep you from being less busy and more effective. Where does your faith stand? Is it rooted in God, the power of His Spirit, or is it in you? We have to have faith that can be tested. Not faith just verbally. Our faith needs to be tested. So from the moment we say, I have faith, can God test that? And if he tests it, will it find to be true faith? God wants us to have true faith so he can show us whether or not our faith is real or counterfeit. God wants us to have true faith so he can test it. So he can strengthen our faith. So he can do great things in us and through us. You're not the only one that God wants to save. You're not the only one that God wants to save. We cannot live like we're the only one that he came to save. It's time we change that thinking. And it's time that we start living by faith. It's not faith walking around like a ghost like some crazy person the Lord the Lord just spoke to me and the Lord just that's not what we're talking about here we're talking about read the word of God see what it says 
and just go do what it says. That's all I'm saying. This is what God gave me this morning, as simple as can be, because sometimes us preachers get too deep into the word, and we get so deep in the weeds that y'all get lost, and you never get the message clear. Well, he gave me the message clear, so you understand how to go about having faith, which is read his word, see what the word says, and just obey his word. And when you do that, without hesitation, you will see the glory of God. Because now God gets the glory. And God wants the glory. So why? Others can see that it's him working in your life. So they will want to be saved as well. You see, when you get the glory, we start making that, back to my conversation, we start making that differentiation. Well, she's just smart. Well, she just has these abilities that everyone don't have. That's what's messing us all up. We're comparing ourselves with ourselves because we're not living by faith. When you compare yourself with yourself, you're all the way out of God's will and you're not living by faith because that hurts more than it helps when you live according to your own ways. Because we will always say, oh, Crystal, she's just smart. She works for the attorney's office. She just knows the law. She knows how to do that. And so guess what? They don't want to follow you because they don't measure up to your ability. And so everybody's looking at everybody, sizing everybody up. Why we think we can and we can't? Because of education, ability, experience, and all this stuff. And we keep on making these excuses. When God is saying, all I need you to do is to walk by faith. And that, 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 that squashes out education. That squashes out intelligence. That squashes out, uh, you know, brilliance and talents. Squashes it all. Because now you're living according to the word of God and not according to what you can do. And when you do that, God gets the glory. Because all you will ever say to people is, I can't take any credit for what you're seeing. I can't take the credit for what's going on in my life. Because God has done it. My song will never change among my children, my siblings, and my family. What did you do? The Lord saved me. And when he saved me, because I surrendered all to him, he transformed my life. I can't give you a better answer. I am not taking one ounce of credit for my life from the day I got saved, from the day I repented of my sins and got baptized in Jesus' name, filled with his spirit, and started trying to live a holy and righteous life. I will not take a credit for that. Everything that I am, everything that I will be, is because of the goodness of God. It has nothing to do with me. I wasn't that smart. Uh, I meet people sometimes on the street and they hear my preacher. You know, he was always a really kind of nice guy. Shut up, I don't want to hear that. Nice guy don't get saved. It's, it's submitted, obedient people that God saved. I can be nice all I want. If I don't repent, if I don't give my life to God, I'm going to hell if I don't submit. So stop telling me I was a nice guy. I wasn't going to heaven as a nice guy. Everything about this life gets, God gets all the credit. I get nothing. I don't want nobody telling me nothing about what I, I'm good enough. No, God gets the credit. Because that's how I want to live my life, by faith. Obeying God's word. This is only because of God. It ain't got nothing to do with me. And the greatest news is, 
all of us could live a great life in Christ if we will live by faith. And so today as we close, I want for you all, everybody that's here under the sound of my voice, to make a commitment to say, I heard the word of God today. I felt the presence of God today. And I want to live my life by faith. I don't want to live any old way anymore. I want to live my life by faith. It's going to take some practicing. It's going to take some consistency. It's going to take prayer. It's going to take fasting. It's going to take reading your Bible all the time. But you can start today living by faith. So your faith can stand in the power of God and not in our intelligence and not in our intellect. Paul says, I didn't come with eloquent speaking. My faith is rooted in the power of God. Will you take a few minutes before we go? Some, you can come to the altar. Others, you can stay right in the seat wherever you want. Walk around. But will you take a few minutes to pray before we leave here today that you heard the message and you want to live your life by faith from this point on and be rooted in faith and not according to your ability or according to anyone else's ability. This is all on us. It has nothing to do with your neighbor. You cannot get to heaven living on your neighbor's faith. You can only get to heaven living according to your faith. Your faith in Christ. Not according to anybody else's faith. If you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, today is your day. You can begin to live by faith by coming forward and say, I want to be saved. I will repent of my sins today. The water is over here. I think it's warm. I think it's warm. You can come today. We'll baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. Not according to the titles Father, Son, Holy Ghost, which is not biblical. But we can baptize you in the name. Don't tell me about when you were a kid. Here we go again. I think what I just said will help you. Get the excuses out of your head what you did before. It does not matter. Hear my voice and do what I'm telling you because God has given me a word for you today. It doesn't matter what you've done over the years. Do what I'm telling you today by just doing what I say. I'm not speaking on my accord. I'm speaking on the accord of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you've never given your life to God the right way, then I'm telling you repentance of sin, forgiving others for hurting you, and getting baptized in the name of Jesus and not in the titles Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you can do that today. God will wash away all your sins and you will start your life of faith and not the life of your understanding and not the life of your intelligence and not the life of your brilliance or your talent. A life of faith. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. If you want to come to the altar, if you're ready to give your life to the Lord, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, have your way in the hearts of your people. That somebody that's straddling the fence, Lord, will be free this morning. They will be loose from their strongholds, Lord God. They will be free from the captivity that they're in, Lord God. They're mine, Lord God. You will free from the thoughts that have them bound. Father, I pray that the word of God will permeate the heart of the people of God that are here today. The people that are online listening and hearing. Lord, let the word of God permeate your heart. That somebody will make up in their mind today to say, I want to begin a life 
of faith. I want to begin a life of faith. I will obey the word of God without hesitation. And I will do what the word of God says do. And I will experience the glory. God, I'm done doing my own thing. I'm done doing my own thing. Somebody, you need to tell the Lord and be obedient to the Lord. You need to be done with doing your own thing because your own thing is going to destroy you. Your own thing is going to lead you astray and keep you away from God. But I'm here to tell you, God loves you. And he says if you will repent and turn from your own way and come and follow me and obey me, I will give you life and life more. Abundantly, somebody hear me this morning. God wants to change your circumstance, God wants to change your situation, God wants to transform your mind. But you have to get up out of your seat and walk by faith. Uh, uh, there are people in here this morning, you probably just need to get out your seat and walk up front just to declare to God what you're saying in your prayers. God, I'm not just saying it like I've done every other time, but I'm going to show you, Lord, I'm serious. I'm walking to the front, and I'm going to bend my knees at that altar, and I'm going to let you know, God, that this very moment I'm declaring that I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to walk by faith, and no more according to my understanding, and no more according to my reasoning. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for the word of God this morning. Lord, will you let your people receive it now? Oh, God, I know you can't force it on them. I know you can't make them, Lord. But, Lord, you can keep that word fresh in their mind. You can keep that word fresh, Lord God that they will continue to hear it over and over in their mind that Lord they will respond in faith and begin to do what the word of God has instructed them to do Lord we have read about Gideon Lord and we see Lord Jesus that when you're working it's not according to our understanding it's not according to what we can process or reason but it's according to your all knowing will and I pray somebody this morning will make up in their mind to say God, I'm done trying to reason. I'm done trying to rationalize. I'm done trying to understand. I am going to just obey your word. I am going to just follow you. I am going to just live according to the word of God and no longer do it my way. God, I don't want to steal the glory of the Lord. I don't want somebody else to think it's me, but I want them to know it's you, which means I'm no longer going to live according to my will. I'm going to live according to the word of God and you can get the glory from my life and you can get the glory from my life. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. It's all about you, Lord. It's all about you, God. It's all about you, oh great King. And Lord, we don't want to get in your way. 
We don't want to, oh God, hide the glory of the Lord, how we live our life. But we want to live a life of faith, almighty God. We want to be rooted in the power of your spirit, Lord God. We want our faith to be rooted in the power of your spirit, Lord. Oh God, we want our faith to stand in the power of your spirit. We want your faith to stand and be rooted in the power of your spirit. Jesus, have your way in our life as we go from this place today. Let your hands be upon us. 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 Listen to me. according to your experiences. You just heard me today. Live your life by faith. And the other thing I want to add to this is read your Bible and then declare the word of God. Whatever you're reading, speak it out loud. That's what we call declaring. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he shall repent. If he said it, so shall it be. No weapon form against me shall prosper. Great is your faithfulness. Oh God, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God, it was you that rose me up. It is you that made me and not me myself. Declare it and walk in it. No matter what's going on, don't worry about people. Take your mind off people. They can't do anything for you. Don't worry about them. Stand on the word of God. Speak the word of God. That's what God told me to communicate to us. That that's how we demonstrate faith. Not any other way. See what the word says and act on it. Even when it makes you uncomfortable. You're going to be uncomfortable. But he said, don't back up. I can't lie. My word is true. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth is me. Truth is not what people say. Truth is me. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. God says, I am the way, the truth. So he is truth, not what man says. Jesus is truth. So just declare his word and stand on his word and watch him do great things and he will get the glory and you will testify that it was him that did it not because you were so smart not because you prayed real hard that's another thing can I tell you all that before I go you can pray as hard as you want if you're not praying the will of God nothing will happen and you're going to get frustrated we like to pray what we like to pray because we want to see what we want to see read God's word what did God's word say now declare that not what you think you prayed hard about. Father, in the name of Jesus, she belongs to you. You made her in your image, Lord God. 
And Lord, I pray that today the Word of God will be strong in her heart, strong in her mind. That the Spirit of the Lord, Almighty God, will anchor her. That even when she may be a little timid in speaking, that you will open her mouth, Lord God, that she can declare the Word of God. That, Lord God, she will not back down. That, oh God, she will speak the Word of God with boldness. Speak the Word of God with intention. Speak the Word of God with declaration. I pray today that you will seal her and protect her and keep her Lord God but more than anything else Lord God bring her into a new dimension in you that she will experience your glory that she will declare your glory that she will walk by faith and not by sight and that your will will be done oh I see it now God wants to use you to make a difference he says if you will be bold and declare my word if you will walk by faith I will will share with you uh, what I will do, uh, and I will do some things uh, that you will not understand. Uh, it will go beyond your understanding. Uh, it will go beyond your comprehension. Uh, will you trust me and do as I've instructed you in the name of Jesus? Woo! 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 Lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands. There's power in your hands. I want you to walk about and lift your hands in your house. There's power in your hands. I want you to lift your hands and declare. I want you to say, I command every spirit that's not of God to leave and to be cast out in the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to lift your hands and declare God's word. There's power in the word of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, consecrate, Lord. Consecrate, Lord, that wherever she speaks and apply the word of God, the power of God will be unleashed. The power of God will now work, Lord God. Oh, Lord Jesus, not by might, nor by power, but by your spirit, saith the Lord. Not by might, nor by power, but by your spirit, saith the Lord. Let your spirit have preeminence. From the north to the south, I command every forces of evil that is in our homes 
to leave our homes even now as I speak by the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. I set your homes free. I set you free. I set you free. No weapon form against you will prosper. The devil cannot do anything that God will not let him do. God is your provider. God is your protector. God is your keeper. There is nothing that the devil can do to you if God don't let him. In the name of Jesus. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day.